you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Love the hell out of Rhode Island. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wesley to my left. Greg Rosenthal to my right. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Are you forgetting someone? No. I mean, when you are a special guest of the pod, you get the separation introduction. And the man, the embryonic stages of this very podcast, it began. Oh, I thought you were going to introduce the six-time champion. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I guess. It's cool to have six. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know the voice. It's unmistakable. That's Dave Damashek of the Dave Damashek Football Program. He is sitting in the Sessler chair this week. Uh, or on Monday, Sessler is away with the family. Dave. Thanks for rejoining us on the show. Hand Zeus, the boss, Wes, what a pleasure to see you. Rick behind the glass, happy belated <laughs> birthday. Thank you. Are you okay with Rick? I mean, I guess. Ricky Hollywood. Yeah. I like a little butch, but A little bit. Um, <laughs> Rick, Rick Hollywood, who celebrated uh, her 20-something birthday. Uh, 27, uh, baby. Okay, I don't know when, when women, when it becomes a thing where you got to no, be careful. It. I'm still young. 27's fine. Uh, you were aware of the 20. Fine. It's teetering on the edge of over the hill, but it's, it's the reason fine. she corrected me is just like, she, I don't want people to think I'm 29. Is that yeah, why you're like 20 something? And I'm like, no, 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 just newly 27. 27's very good. Um, is she re- in her mid or her late 20s? That's the real question. I think we late. know the answer. Now yeah. it's late. 27 has proven to be the prime year for sports careers. That yeah. is the prime. Huh. Yeah. I, and I have to say, in my personal experience in life, I only started to figure out how to like have some fun in my twenties when I got around twenty-seven. When I wasn't, I wasn't, I was less of a wreck. It was a bit <laughs> of a mess from like twenty to twenty-six. Twenty-seven, I started figuring out a little bit. I mm. think, uh, but you seem to have already figured things out. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, I mean, yeah, like, I know she's how to way You have like four different nicknames, were. so it's sure. like yeah. But also, if I this is like really morbid, but if I don't die this year and I'm not in the 27, 27 club, club yeah. then that means I'm just like a loser. Well, so either way, you win. You <laughs> win by staying alive. True, true. But I guess you guys are all here, right? Can you name that's anyone? the game. Stay alive. Can you name anyone in the 27 club? Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, uh, right. uh, Jim Morrison. Nice. Um, Janis Joplin. I think Janis yeah. Joplin, and there's Marilyn a third Monroe. one. And there's a third one from that era. Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Also Jimmie 27 Hendrix. years of yep. age. Right. Yep. But think of it this way: as as uh, as one of my pals always points out, uh, you have six years until you're Jesus's age. After that, it starts to get embarrassing. Look at all that Jesus did at 33 before he went out. Like now, I'm so far past that. This my my life has been an embarrassment. <laughs> you never had a fishes and loves moment. No, no, I didn't. Not yet. Not yet. And, and Ricky had a big party on Friday in West Hollywood. For me, and I know you didn't take offense to it, never was on my radar. Uh, once the weekend hits in February after the Super Bowl. I'm locked into dad mode. Yeah. But apparently Wes, who doesn't have kids yet, 
Um, I've already laid out your schedule for your life, which oh, yeah. I, I've been on track with your marriage, your engagement, your marriage, and you're going to have a kid by next May as well. Whoa. So you need to knock all this stuff out. So you were in West Hollywood, maybe the oldest man in the bar, let's be honest. There's no doubt. Like one woman claimed to be the oldest person at the party, and she was at least a dozen years younger. <laughs> she was 33. <laughs> she, was, she was at that Jesus age, and I'm turning 45 in a week. Yeah, that was. I I texted just was like I'm too old for this. You don't want you don't want. Greg me texted me and said the party. I called the bar and they said I was too old to get in and I said that's <laughs> weird because it's my friend's house and then he was like oh I was like that's even worse. You, get, you, you know, know what I cover. I've never noticed about Wes but with the white beard now in and it is just about fully white plus you have the bald head you are in a nice spot which is that you're sort of like Sparky Anderson or Jim Leland mm. or um what's her name Angela Lansbury. Barry, who at a certain age it just leveled and you they, they stayed that age for the next 40 years. Mm, you know right? what I call that? The Steve Martin All-Stars. The Steve what? Steve Martin. Oh, the Steve Martin All-Stars. Yeah, right, exactly, right. right. There's no, yeah, I'm totally with you. Look at Wes. Well, my fiance informed me as I was going through chemo that I might be the only person who got better looking through cancer. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? You found That's the great. one. Yeah. You found the one with that one, yeah. So Shek's with us, Dave Damashek football program. He's also part of the Adam Kroll universe. I lose track of all the projects you have cooking, but mm, you have good sports over there. That's right. And then you have your show, your buddy Feeney. Correct. That yes. is called uh, Dave's of Thunder. Dave's of Thunder. Good sports is on Adam Carolla's show daily. And yes, the Dave Damashek football program. Before I even met Shook, a couple of my friends from like high school and growing up in the Shook neighborhood. Shook or Shek? I mean Shek. Yeah. Before I met Shek, a couple of guys from my neighborhood were huge Daves of Thunder fans, and I had never even heard of Sheck. Mm. So, I mean, that, that podcast has been a, a hit for Feeney a long time. is a great yin to Sheck's yang. I've said that to Sheck. It's great to hear two buddies. And he, she, uh, Feeney kind of keeps Sheck in, in order a little bit, which I've tried to do. It's impossible. Nobody can keep Sheck in order. Feeney seems to keep you a, a little bit reined in. Like but no the one boss else. does to Jezelnik. Same dynamic on his show, right? So uh, you, res- vice you respect him? You respect Feeney, but you don't respect us to keep you in line? I thought, well, I don't even know what that's <laughs> That's a Greg. That's Greg. Right? <laughs> that's everything. Yeah, my Patriots beat the Steelers. You can't talk. I own you. Uh, all right. A lot to get to today. Uh, speaking of those Patriots, those damn Patriots, at some point the Patriots dynasty will end. Uh, and if it does... I'm not saying when. If it does, who would be most likely in the NFL to be the next dynasty? Because we go through the years, Sheck, and you know this well. You had the Packers. You had your Steelers. You had the Cowboys. You had the Niners. You had the uh, Cowboys again. Are we going to give them the second dynasty? Definitely. In the 90s? Oh, certainly. Okay. I mean, had uh, as a matter of fact, had Jimmy and Jerry not had their falling out, I think we would regard that as the greatest dynasty of the Super Bowl era. With, I mean, I guess with the Patriots now notwithstanding, but up until that point, the 20th century, yeah, I think that would, would definitely is a little bit underrated as we look back on how dominant that early 90s that's, Cowboys team was. That's true. Uh, and, of course, now the Pats in the 21st century. Who will be next? There will be someone maybe – Someone other than the Patriots. We'll talk about which teams could th- that could be. And also, um, on the other side of it, some teams that have been competitive. A lot of this I brought up just to talk about the Steelers. Teams that have been competitive for many years uh, <laughs> that maybe now are in danger of falling off the cliff, taking a relevance dirt nap. I'll put it that way. What are some teams out there? And you think the Steelers might be one I'm of j- They came to mind, and I, I figured, oh, Sheck's oh. here. Uh, maybe if we talk about that, we'll see where Sheck falls on that. I'm in. Nothing personal. 
Uh, but before that, uh, so we are going to talk about them as being okay. Uh, before we do that, though, let's catch up on the news. We're here tonight with music's most valuable players to present a very super award: best pop duo or group performance. You see, Greg, they get Julian Edelman there, and they put it in the prompter. Most valuable musicians, super. There you go. Super Bowl MVP. I mean, it's one of the great, excite, you know, exciting part of winning the Super Bowl is you get to go present on the Grammys five days later. You know that Seems, I, it does seem to happen. I think that's like the second time Edelman's been there. And I you feel like you're and, right. And you get to you know I DVR'd Julian. You're like, who else is hot? We can pair him with. Okay, McCordy. We'll do that. That was a little we'll weird, but um, uh, you know, I DVR. Why is that weird? He's had a better career than Edelman. It's, it's fine. Um, Julian Edelman on Ellen. I got that on the DVR, and I, I put one of those save until delete status because when they shave that beard, that's great. What? <laughs> what fun that was! You been you weren't tracking Julian Edelman? I'm just surprised you put. Uh, I didn't know he was on Ellen, but I am surprised uh, that you put save until I delete on that show. I just loved it so much. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. I mean, uh, I did receive uh, those T-shirts finally today uh, from the Edelman, so I, I like that. The that was nice. That's yeah, very nice of them. It's great. So you didn't feel the same way. I didn't. I threw it in the trash and then poured Diet Coke all over it. <laughs> but, that, you know, I'm just done with the Patriots. Is that guys. right? You, you, you really spoiled him. I did. So that he couldn't go. Oh, uh, not his. Rat, d- dumpster diving. Not mine. <laughs> oh, his no. own. But, yeah, he did it and then put it. But it wasn't just like a, a personal satisfaction. He wanted to let the world know. So he sent it out. Uh, on <laughs> and Some people Instagram just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> That's where I'm at emotionally. <laughs> all right. Let's start with uh, the Cleveland Browns. Always in the news, uh, it seems now, and a big, big signing uh, on Monday. Kareem Hunt is going to get a second chance uh, at his NFL career with the Browns, who announced Monday they're signing the free agent running back. Hunt, the 2017 rushing leader, uh, was cut abruptly uh, in late November after a video surfaced of the running back shoving and kicking a woman during a February 2018 incident at a Cleveland hotel. Should be added here. The league has yet to finish the investigation into Hunt's investigation. Rap Sheet reported Hunt uh, is facing a baseline six-game suspension. Uh, so you knew he was going to probably land somewhere just because he's too good and he's too young, and that's just the way this business works. And all businesses, really, by the way. I don't think, you know, if you're really good at what you do, you, you tend to get second chances, uh, even if maybe you don't deserve one. But, Sheck, the Browns are the team that decide to go all in. Your initial thoughts on the signing? Um, it's as we were talking just before we got going here, the, uh, the NFL, as you say, all businesses, it is representative and a reflection of a- any other industry. And, uh, Dorsey has an existing relationship with Kareem Hunt. I think that's the key detail there for him to be able to say, I believe in this guy because I have known him for a number of years. It's self-validating as much as it is, um, a fitting a personnel need that I don't even think that the Browns needed to have overarching the, the initial feedback is not uh, necessarily great, but um, I, my, my main reaction from a football standpoint is, is this something you had to do? Um, if, he, if you didn't know the kid, you probably wouldn't have done it, Dorsey. I mean, they didn't have to roster-wise. That's what I'm saying. Right. They, have, they have Nick Chubb, who I mean, PFF had him as one of the top four or five just pure runners in the NFL last year, and at, at the very least, he looks like a, a really good starting running back. Duke Johnson's on the roster, but you're right that they, they know Hunt. And, like, it's a cold-blooded business that 
he was going to be back in the league, whether you like it or not, he, because of where he was in his career and partly because of the reputation that he had in Kansas City with the people that he worked with, that that they experienced Kareem Hunt as a guy that they saw as a core player that they were going to build around that was like a leader for their team. And so I think the way football people like Dorsey think is he made this mistake. He's made all the steps since then as good as possible. And I know him. I'm going to give him a job. Well, I think most of us agree that people should get second chances. And I think that we gain understanding of ourselves and others through mistakes and setbacks and difficulties and looking in the mirror and showing remorse. And I don't know, he's being investigated for three different things. Three different things by the NFL. So this doesn't seem like a one-time thing to right. me. Uh, on the other hand, John Dorsey's statement said, we've done our due diligence. Uh, this is a man who's shown remorse. He's gone to programs to help him uh, with his anger management. He has done the work. I guess I have to take John Dorsey at his word that this guy's worth a second chance. He's worth – they put it – he knows Kareem Hunt a lot more than I do. But that that the fact that they're investigating three different scenarios with him does not leave a good taste. It's him. a more talented roster on Monday afternoon than it was uh, Monday morning. So from that standpoint, I get it. The, the Chubb thing is interesting because if you had a glaring hole at running back, I would – that would make me think, all right, I'm going to roll the dice here and, and, and hopefully this doesn't blow up my, my face. With the Browns, though, they seem pretty well set up at the position. I don't quite get the risk, but he is, he is a stud player. I think you know? in their mind there is almost no risk because they're willing to live. Like, obviously they don't want anything to happen off the field again, but I think in their cold-blooded calculation they think we're barely investing in this guy, you know, money. And what is it, a million bucks, I think? The yeah, he's, he's on a rookie contract. Yeah. I mean – they don't have to pay him almost anything, and he's awesome. I mean, he's awesome at playing NFL football. So there's almost no risk when it comes to that, and then they accept whatever risk it is that he might get them in trouble. You know what? I, I hate to get up on Mount Pius, and I hate to damn with faint praise, but it is uh, it is worth taking a second that in the middle of the hottest team in the AFC – um, the Kansas City Chiefs, right in the middle of what looked like a championship run for them this past season, that they said they made the very hard decision to just say, "Yep, goodbye. We're not going to have that in our organization." I think they're to be to, to yeah. be hailed. While everybody today is busy saying "tisk tisk Browns," not enough praise for the for the Chiefs in that moment doing a making a big move like that. Well, Shaq, the last time you were on this show, we talked about Antonio Brown and the fact that there are teams in the NFL who would not want him on their roster, period. But John Dorsey's sort of the flip side of that. This is a guy who drafted Tyreek Hill, Demetrius Harris in Kansas mm. City. He drafted Caleb Brantley and Antonio Callaway last year with the Browns. He's going to take chances on guys who have bad reputations. And I think the Chiefs, to their credit – also, we're thinking we're in the middle of a chance to win a Super Bowl here, and they didn't want it being part of the whole story that they had to deal with. Yeah. I mean, it kind of saved them the trouble of how, having to deal with all of that. Let's move on. Uh, Kyler Murray, quarterback, uh, drafted ninth overall by the Oakland A's uh, in the MLB draft last year, uh, played his senior year. He's a quarterback at Oklahoma, wins the Heisman, and all of a sudden he has a decision to make, and he has now decided officially that he's all about football on his social media uh, on Monday. He announced that, uh, quote, moving forward, I am firmly and fully committing my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. So he's working out with trainers, getting that football body going for the combine. So add another 
a big name check to the uh, quarterback ranks. I'm already seeing a report out there that the Giants think his hands are too small. It is that time of year. But enter Kyler Murray into the mix, Heisman Trophy winner. I think that, uh, listen, he's he's very small. I know that we got over, I think, uh, as a society now, we've gotten over that you can be six feet and still uh, be a capable NFL quarterback. What's he at? 5'9"-ish or Whoa. close to 5'10". People say he levels right at 5'10". But it's the weight that's his – he's 180 pounds compared to, like, Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson being in the 215 to 220 range. I still don't even buy Mike Vick as a six-footer. I've stood next to the guy. But, I mean, the, the you know, the arm – It's recorded and the, on my Instagram forever. The wheels – I like him as a fit for a team that, need, that has a crummy offensive line, in the short term at least. You drop him behind there, that can negate. Those guys who can, uh, who can run away from pressure for the first couple few years of their career. I think he's fine as an NFL guy. And I, I talk about this time of the year, uh, Hanzoos. This is the time of the year where we have to indulge this. I don't know if Kyler Mur- uh, if, if he's a, a first-round draft pick. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. Let's stop the nonsense. <laughs> of course he's going to be a first-round pick. He would be the first guy ever. Denver would be a great spot for that guy with that defense. Mm. He's the first, if it happens, uh, he'd be the first ever drafted in the first round of MLB and NFL uh, in the same year, which is pretty amazing. Hmm. Speaks to his athleticism. And uh, as a Jets fan, Jets picking third, I want as many quarterbacks in this mix because for the first time in forever, we're not looking for a quarterback. So if anybody wants to trade up as a team that has a lot of roster deficiency, come on up to the third pick. Go get Kyler Murray if you want. Well, Rapsheet said when he talked to people in early December – they were saying second or third round when he talked to them, you know, a day or two ago. Now they're thinking late first round. But like Sheck said, right. With that quarterbacks, always, uh, they always fly up the board. Christian Ponder went in the top 10. Right. I mean, there were different points early on when, you know, like October, December, where RG3 wasn't necessarily a first round pick where uh, I'm trying to think of you know, Carson Wentz. When, when Jeremiah put him Correct. in the top 10 in his first mock draft, people were like, what? And he ends up going number two. So what it always, were people like? It, it always happens. It always happens like Blake that. Blake Bortles. It is a, a pretty. Oh, he, it turns out Blake was a reach. It is but a yes. pretty big, <laughs> unique. It is a unique decision, though, to give back four and a half million dollars, which is well, what he's doing. He's giving back 1.3, which he already got, and he was about to get another another three. So he's making that bet and history says it's actually you know, people kind of try to make the debate like which is better well, first of all you should do whatever you love and do whatever you want to do but financially like being an NFL quarterback is is much safer than than going into baseball anyways of course because look at Drew Henson former Michigan quarterback who split time with Tom Brady and who was from the time I've been watching sports the golden boy of college athletes like nobody was a was a more hyped two sports star than Drew Henson and made it to the majors for a cup of coffee and barely ever made any money as a Major League Baseball player, even though people were – he was a top-10 prospect for the Yankees. Um, and and this Murray uh, news is going to lead to changes to MLB and because what happens is these – the MLB teams don't get a chance to really – um, compete with what the NFL can offer and what's it's going to cost the A's a top 10 pick, which is obviously it's it's not as glowing as it is in the NFL because you get drafted in the NFL and you're in the league and making an impact immediately. Baseball takes a couple of years, but still there's, a, I think, a rule change on the table already that that would allow MLB, MLB teams to hand out um, actual, like, competitive contracts to these kids that get drafted, mm. uh, it would be the Kyler Murray Last rule. half full for, for the athletics, though. There, It's not like history doesn't have a lot of evidence of guys saying, like, okay, I've mastered this sport. 
you still have my rights, right? I'll show up at right. training. Right. training. I'll, or, see you, I'll see you in 2021. Or he, says, he flames out. Right, right. He says, I'm not good at football. I mean, there's not that many of these players anyways. I mean, how often does this have Jeff Samar- Samarja? Yep. I mean, that was like the yep. last one I can think of at this level. What about 10 uh, years ago now. What about the, the guy that got lost on the American flag in Cleveland? Brandon Whedon? Elway, <laughs> <laughs> Chaz Ward, um, uh, Brian Bo, Dion, Bri- yes, of course. He's the one people forget about. He was right. good at both. He was good. That's right. Brian Jordan. How about Tom Brady? Catcher. <laughs> Ricky Montreal. Williams. Danny Ainge. Toronto drafted him. Danny Ainge played both. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember like maybe it was like three or four Super Bowls ago when they were already out of stuff to talk about the Patriots. Like, you know, Tom Brady could have been a baseball player. <laughs> I mean, a six foot four catcher. We've covered every possible angle of the Tom Brady Patriots. Everything's been covered. I'm fine just, like, not covering them. Can I say one? Here's a hot take for you if you want me to say one more thing. I feel like the last three months, the last two months even, have in the ongoing debate that uh, that has raged in society, not like since uh, nature versus nurture, Belichick or Brady – I think it now is it's fairly clear it's it's more Belichick than Brady, right? Ooh, it's like wow. no, it's like sixty five thirty five now. At all. I don't think that at all either. But I do agree that it was a it was a great Super Bowl for Belichick. I did think about it was a that. Great, and it's like it was a great, Brady's had some, and yeah, Belichick had some. And last year we're having the right. exact opposite exactly, conversation. Exactly. Uh, Eric Reed, he's sticking around with the Panthers. Uh, he signs a three year deal worth twenty two million. Uh, the safety who was out of football. Um, and then signed in September with Carolina. He was connected, of course, with uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, kneeling for the national anthem uh, to uh, protest uh, police brutality and racial injustice. He gets a job with the Panthers, and the Panthers keep him around because as soon as he stepped in the lineup, Greg, he was uh, every down guy for them. Yeah, he was rock solid. It shows that like a lot of people gave – David Tepper, the owner, who seemed to push this through a lot of credit for, you know, standing up and signing him and doing kind of the right thing, which which it was. But it was just a smart business move. Now they, they got him locked in. He helped out for very little money, and it worked out for both sides that now he's going to be their safety for a long time. He's an NFL starter. Let's talk about the AAF, guys. Opening weekend, it's the American Alliance of Football. I believe that's what it stands for. Worst yeah. thing about it so far, right? Is right. the name of the. Well, a lot of people are just calling it A-A-F. the alliance. I think it's just well, now like the, the alliance. alliance a people bit. are into that. Yeah. Um, I my Twitter uh, mentions were kind of inundated with people asking my takes on various players and teams, and I have to say, I well, I host an NFL podcast. So I'm not going to say I'm burnt down on football, but I don't need to invest myself in a second league a week after the Super Bowl, so I stayed away. But. There were some big headlines that came out of it, and already the league does feel, Wes, that uh, just from uh, somebody that's from an outsider that's not digging in, but it already seems to have more positive buzz than, say, the XFL ever did. I can't go as far back to uh, the old, um, what was the Trump League? USFL? I can't go that far back, but uh, judging off XFL, I feel like the alliance is already in better shape after one week. Well, it does seem like people are more positive about it. What I think history tells us about all these leagues is the things to pay attention to are, are potential rule changes, not really the players. Like, where did the two-point conversion come from? The WFL, they had an action point. Um, Sheck might be old enough to remember the Dickerod, which was a uh, first down change. <laughs> it was named after a guy named George Dicker. He came up with a chain that was about two and a half yards long, but he, the way it worked, it was just as accurate. It's called a Dicker Rod? It, it was called a Dicker Rod. 
Okay. I remember the fumble ruski, but not a dick or Did they have to rod. bleep that out when it was on the telecast? No, they showed it. <laughs> so the dicker like rod never dicker really rod. caught on. Um, you know, <laughs> replay review came from the USFL. Like, these are the things. And even coaches, you'll see more coaches um, cross boundaries over to the NFL. But you won't see as – I don't think you'll see as many players who are going to make an impact in the NFL. Christian Hackenberg was a total nightmare in his debut. Um, so, again – doesn't look like it was the right move by Mike McCagnan to draft him in the second round. Uh, Trent Richardson had two touchdowns, but averaged about a yard and a half to two yards <laughs> to carry uh, in a win for his team. Anything else, Greg? I mean, uh, if, you were if, a little plugged in. It, not too plugged in in terms of watching, but even Super Bowl week, I had come to the same conclusion that you just said, that this is more of a thing. The alliance is more of a thing. It's more respected. It's catching on more, and it just seems better run with everything behind the scenes and hiring and everything. Then, for instance, the UFL. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, we, co- yes. we covered the crap out of that at Pro Football Talk. Like, we thought that was going to be a thing. Or the XFL. Oh, it was also on NBC, right? Wasn't NBC, didn't it own PFT? Yeah, but I didn't know in the UFL. Yeah, the UFL, not the XFL, the United Football League, which did not last long, which I feel like Mike. Not the Jaws League. Jaws was an owner with Bob that was Kobe, That's so. the Arena League. He's okay. still in the mix All right, there. I'm in the weeds a little this bit. Was like this was like 2000. Josh McCown played. Right, this was like 2009. Okay. But similar that the NFL was looking at it as a possible developmental league. And you mentioned, you know, Dan, how they're showing it on NFL Network. That's a big deal. I think people want a developmental league and. The the appetite from fans being so into it is telling five days after the season that they're already kind of getting into this goofy new league where Steve Spurrier – who doesn't like seeing Steve Spurrier go up and down the field on uh, Mike Martz? That's right. The XFL was all about novelty. Sure. People people rejoiced. 40 to 6. Eat it, The chase to the center of the field to see who got the ball first in the XFL. But that's all hokum that, that wears off quickly. The brilliant move, the first brilliant move they made was starting it the week immediately after yes. football while it's still at the tip of your brain. Mm. I get the Hanzoos effect of I just ate. This is a good time to go to the grocery store so I don't buy junk. But this is football. And that. that is an essential food stuff that uh, that is a part of all our diets one two the cfl missed its chance i said for years they need to go with the nfl rules i don't care what your rules are right. what you want is to become the feeder to the nfl too bad cfl now it belongs to the alliance the uniforms look good <laughs> well they're the doing USFL. great the cfl does great relatively yeah in canada, well, in canada. even bigger canada. It could be even That's more fine. relevant if they listen to damashek two the usfl was a great league <laughs> don't lump it in with dumb xfl or wfl or UFL. That was a uh, that was a legit league and I do think Wes that you're absolutely right to be cynical about what we saw in terms of talent now, but if they could just take it nice and steady by yes. year 2 there will be more talent in there. I think the tough thing that Trump wanted to do that ultimately scuttled the USFL was to put it up against Challenge. the NFL. Yeah. It's a little too soon, but what you want it to be is a feeder league, so therefore you need it to start let's say 6 to 8 weeks before the NFL season kicks off ultimately, but I uh, you the know The NFL's for it and I think a lot of people in the NFL right. also see it like well there's more jobs. I mean there's more personnel jobs. There's more coaching jobs. And I think there's so many people in the NFL that want a developmental league kind of badly. And they don't need to even – it's their own developmental league, essentially, and they right. don't have to pay a dime. And right. they, they are so – they show no fear in it. We'll put it on our own network. We'll promote it. We want it to be successful because we know it's not a real threat. It's perfect. Real quick, the two rules that I think you should keep an eye on, the viewers can hear the conversation between the official – and the people in the league office during a replay review. Ooh. 
That's pretty cool. And secondly, there are no onside kicks, but after you score, you can choose to take the ball at your own 28-yard line, and you must get a 12-yard gain. There's a lot the going on. There, you you kind of can't blitz, which I need to dig in more, but they have a lot of defensive rules where it's There's almost, a maximum. You can't have more than five rushers, I think. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's like... I don't know. I, I I think it could be fun. And it, it rated, for what it's worth, higher than the NBA. Let's watch the next two weeks and see where those ratings are. But, yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's a fair point. One, one, one other thing very quickly is um, over the last few months, I've come to realize that, as I used to always say, that, that in a world of 7 billion people, how can't we find 32 people to play quarterback right. effectively in, in uh, the NFL? I think we now are just about saturated with starters in the NFL. I mean, I, in, I mean that in a good way. There are only like five teams that you rightly can point at and say, boy, they better fix that QB thing. And I think we're about to have an overflow with the college <laughs> kids coming in. This will be a good place to send them. I mean, hey, it, go, it hey, go get your reps, yet. kids. They're starting Hackenberg and Berkovici. Uh, I'm telling you. But you know, that was Hacken- Wes's old guy, Berkovici. I like Berkovici. He took a tough blindside hit. Uh, Mart's really needs By the way, Hackenberg that. beat out Mettenberger in camp. It looks like Mettenberger is probably going to get a week <laughs> two start. I am not joking. <laughs> when I say that. All right, let's move on to Headlock Watch. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> oh, my New York Jets. They, they are going all in on uh, uh, what I call the uh, George Costanza opposite theory. Do everything the opposite of what they think they should do, which is building a staff of people who hate each other <laughs> and seeing what happens. So, yes, Wes, you, you called it Headlock uh, Watch last week, and here we are. The Jets now, in addition to hiring Greg Williams and teaming him with Adam Gase, which is volcanic. That's a good way to put it. Um, uh, they also hire uh, Greg Williams' son, Blake, right. who rubs some people the wrong way and has never had a coaching job at this level when his dad wasn't involved. Uh, they had now added to the staff Joe Vitt. Uh, who's Joe Vitt? You remember Joe Vitt. Joe Vitt was a, a football lifer. He was on that Saints a team that was implicated in the 2012 Bounty Gate scandal. And in the ensuing hearings uh, conducted by Tags, Pauly Tags, you remember that? They had Pauly Tags running the hearings? What a oh, time yeah. that was. Uh, Vitt accused Greg Williams of lying in his testimony. Vitt also said uh, players didn't take Williams, who is now uh, the defensive coordinator of the Jets and his colleague. Uh, t- players didn't take him seriously because of his, quote, false bravado and, quote, shtick. Uh, Williams was then, <laughs> as I, I assume, part of its testimony implicating uh, Williams led to him being suspended indefinitely, which ended up being an 11 month ban. ban. And Vitt, who was uh, suspended six uh, games after Bounty Gate. Anyway, they're all together now <laughs> in the same uh, Florham Park facility. Wes, let's get ready to rumble! For the first time since I've known you, for the first time in this podcast, like, I care about the Jets. <laughs> Like, I want more Jets news, not less Jets news. You're going to get it. <laughs> I think well, enjoy Antonio Brown and Levy and Bell. They're really going to complete this uh, delicious Sunday you're I, By the way, I don't, yeah, I don't buy into Wait, that. Wait, did West. you even That's... mention my favorite twist of all of this? Yes. Which is Joe Vitt is Adam Gase's father-in-law. Why not? <laughs> like, I don't know what that really means for everything, but it's just it it makes for like another fun episode in this drama when like, you know, the daughter comes home. She's not ha- he's not happy with the dad. It's like, can I fire her dad? It's a, whole oh, thing. It's a delicious. Are they, now the, are they now the number one choice for hard knocks amongst uh, this room? Um, 
They, I, I would, would love I to see him on again. No, I can't have Greg Williams on again. No. He I, has I've to had, be. I've had enough. It's a says, rule. He says bad words. It's so hilarious. <laughs> Joe, Joe Vitt's awesome, though. You mentioned how he came back. He was he was suspended six games. That reminded me. Do you remember he was the co-coach that year with Aaron Cromer? That they had, oh, yeah. They didn't have a head coach. They had two head coaches. Was that with the, the that do the, your job sign that, in the facility with the Sean yeah. giant face <laughs> it was like, on the practice Sean was like, Joe, put my poster as <laughs> large as you can watching over. I, I said, at least the Jets can look at it this way. I used to have a theory, Jovic should be the permanent interim head coach because he did a, a, a very entertaining job with the Rams in the mid-2000s, and then he did a credible, fun press conferences job with the Saints, and he should just be like an interim coach for hire. So if Adam Gase does happen to lose his job early along the way, See, at least you got him in place. You're halfway right. What, you, what you're missing is what's <laughs> making these Jets hires so brilliant is that no team has better interim coaches. <laughs> ready to replace <laughs> Adam Gase because Greg Williams took the frickin' Browns and made him on pace to be a 10-win team in the second half of last year. They're set up. And who else do we add to the mix? Uh, oh, we got Jim Bob Cooter. We got a Cooter the in the Cooter's mix. back wow. in the house. Love that Cooter. Muzzle tough. What Look a out, season. Patriots. Your reign <laughs> is over. Remember when he was going to be a head coach and now he's the Jets running backs coach? I wonder if um, – yeah, that's a fall That happens grace. a lot in the NFL. You got to build yourself back up. Look at uh, your boy Doug Marone. Yeah. He was coaching up offensive linemen. Look at Howie Roseman. I mean, he Cooter's come back, back. from the Poconos. Come, Cooter's come back before from um, some setbacks. In his Can't rule out career. Cooter. Uh, just rounding out some coaching news. Jim Caldwell, he lands with the Dolphins uh, coaching quarterbacks. Uh, and Bob Sutton joins uh, the Atlanta Falcons staff, he, of course, most recently was the D.C. of the Chiefs. So he didn't make it there, but he gets a chance uh, with Atlanta. Did a great job in the second half there against Tom Brady. Well, Brian Flores, Caldwell is one of the the few uh, non-expatriates. He really was successful in taking a lot of the assistants and another one or two left. They're, they are going to have a, a pretty brand-new uh, coaching staff. Who is the um, number one, um, like the Belichick coaching tree? Bill O'Brien. Is Bill O'Brien the only guy that's found had any, any success? success? Yeah. From the coach, from, well, Saban, you know. The I don't count Nick Saban no, we're talking coming NFL. from the Belichick coaching tree. Come on, Greg. I mean, you could take I, would, L. I would say Saban would inf- would say no coach influenced him more, certainly. All Not right. an NFL coach. You could have Nick Saban. There you Save go. You win the that too. college football podcast. He's had an amazing coaching tree, Greg. No, he has a terrible one. But I, you said it was his coaching tree. I, I would consider that. I guess I'm not I'm many. Gonna... Yeah, not many. Zero. In fact, I would. I. I. I I'd go GMs so far as to Dimit- say Dimitrov. I mean, how excited can you be if you're a Dolphins guy right now? What I mean, the what evidence is there is that oh well, he he, he learned at the knee of Belichick. We're good. I mean, there, there's no evidence that that's going to be true. He seems like yeah. a unique. Uh, oh, he does. Guy, oh, well, Matt Patricia doesn't didn't seem unique. The I also think every man can, is on his own. You never know. I'm just saying Flores is impressive. I agree. I also think if you want to bring in college, Nick Saban, Charlie Weiss at uh, Notre Dame, it kind of just <laughs> balances it out. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, he's got Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, Pat Hill, Fresno State. Just make it up names, though. Be still my heart. <laughs> Pat Hill. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Let's assume the Patriots die. It's over. Tom Brady played not a very good game, let's face it, and a nice drive there in the fourth quarter, but showed his age. 
at times last season. Oh, Wes and I had it out a it's, little it bit on over. Twitter. On Twitter, a little bit when I said that was a crummy Brady game that they survived. He was nails in the overtime in, in Arrowhead, but he was not good over the course of uh, that regular st- uh, of the regulation time. The story would have been oh, if D Ford doesn't put his hand off sides. Yes, please. the story is one touchdown, three picks. Father Time remains undefeated. That would have been the so story, close. whether you like it or not. That's what it would no, have been. No, it wouldn't have been exactly because so everyone would remember, A, the last pick came off a drop, and B, he did a lot of good things in that game. But to your point, when I went back and rewatched it, you're right. The first three quarters were up and down, but he made he made a lot of plays early in the game. And you can't just say, well, if it wasn't for the fourth quarter. Well, if it wasn't for I the didn't four straight touchdown yeah. drives that he drove when he it needed it. It was a perfect end to the Patriots era if it would have been a drop by Gronk into an interception. It was like, well, that's the end. And it was great. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But this is the first uh, segment I can like reveal my new thing, which is I don't, I don't even want them to win next year. That's enough. You've been saying this since this but podcast now started. Now it's really true. I don't well, you better want. Well, no, I'm against no, this what I've told you before, I'm going to tell it to you again. If you're a Tom Brady guy, what you want is after he retires, you want him to go six and ten. Because if if not, then that really knocks the luster off of uh, what? Off of He's the go- I wanted the him to retire now. Well, wait Castle a second. Here. I wait. Wesson, Wesson, Rosenthal was better. You two, how dare you? But by the way. You know, Wasn't you do need to go back. You've never Brady. watched a game with Bradshaw. You I can't have. rightly debate me on how accurate. good he was. Hey, but can, anyway, can you, get, can you get Feeney on the phone? I need yeah, some help. Exactly. <laughs> no Bradshaw uh, talk today. I don't want the Bradshaw. There is talk. no right. worry about Sorry, Tom Brady I'm, narrative. I'm the one He's who already really established. You two science-based guys though don't believe in QB wins. But why is Brady the greatest of all time if not for for the big time wins? Hey, those guys can go take a hike. The quarterback's job is to win. Oh, 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 so you are up. I'm I on your side on this. Oh, I didn't know The that. quarterback's oh, job is to win, and Brady will say the same damn thing. I'm with you 100% on that. Who is the NFL's next dynasty? Okay, <laughs> we'll start here. We're also going to get into some teams that are going in the opposite direction, not heading toward any dynasty at all. Uh, but, um, Dave, why don't you get us going? Why don't you okay. throw out a team uh, that could replace the Patriots or succeed them. Drew Locke's Patriots. Once uh, once Brady hangs them <laughs> up with belt. No, uh, I will go with here. I, I Let me just explain this in, uh, in 11 seconds. I believe that the rookie, the guys who, the teams that have the QB, a good QB on his rookie deal are playing with house money. They can spend on luxury items, much like the 2018 Los Angeles Rams have done, what the Chiefs are in a position to do around Mahomes now. But that isn't an enduring operation. You can't do that. Your QB must be so good that once he's making $30 million, you can still have a uh, a good roster from top to bottom. Ergo, that describes the Indianapolis Colts. They have their franchise QB. Um, locked in to a big dollar figure, and yet you see them only rising up. So that will be my uh, my first team to throw out mm. there. That Which was number one on my list. I'm sure you guys are not surprised. But I sort of had a checklist, ownership, team building, coaching staff, quarterback, young talent, cap space, draft picks, culture, veteran leadership. Wow. Recruiting ability. West did his homework. He, he put in the work. From from most important to least <laughs> I'm important. Feeling Ownership is always the most important. And I, and I know you guys don't like Jim Irsay, but they've had a lot of success. I love it. Jim Irsay and all owners. Yeah, he's had a lot that of success. And I think they have every ingredient on that list. Hmm. Including a impressive 2018 draft class to build around. Mm-hmm. They've got the most cap space of anybody. They can go out and get people. They don't really have any weaknesses. They've got a, an impressive coaching staff. So, 
Now, these are two different conversations, though. What is a team that's well-positioned to knock off the Patriots next year? And what's a team positioned to build a dynasty? There's only been five or six of these teams ever. Right, so this is a true dynasty. You're not counting, like, the Seahawks as a I think you got to win Three titles three. in the next decade. Let's say that would be Three and ten? Fun. I was going to say three and five. to but... me, the answer is, like, none. The history would tell us that it's, it's, it's not going to happen and that what you can hope for is to be like a Seahawks type of team or a Broncos type of team or even the Colts with Peyton Manning where you have a long stretch of, of success. But my answer would be none if I had if that was an option. Is that an option? So, all right. Well, that's it. But for I like today's show. show. No, I mean, uh, for a dynasty, <laughs> dynasty. But I think, if I had to choose what I have one, I think, and, and Sheck, you're great with the history of the league. I, I would say dynasty is three titles in five years. The, the Steelers accomplished that? Yeah, they did four All and right. six. The Cowboys did it. The Patriots did it twice. They've downed at it twice, yes. They did people, three and four and three and five. People put way too much emphasis on winning a Super Bowl and not enough on getting to a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, well, see, you could look at that two ways. Because to me, the Patriots, win the, game. the Patriots has been throughout the whole time, and especially the the aughts to me is a dynasty by the Patriots because they've, they've been in the championship game eight straight times. To me, the, it starts in like 10 or 11 when they draft Gronk even though they didn't win a Super Bowl for a while. So do you do we think with because uh, luck makes a ton of money, do you think they ha- they're able to build a roster that could put together five, six, seven, eight years with luck at the at the star at the helm? Yes, I do. And and I think it starts with their GM who's shown to be a very good GM yes. in his two years on the job. Uh, they've got extra – still have another extra draft pick from the right. catch trade. They've got more cap space than anyone. They've got – um, a guy who was an offensive rookie of the year candidate, a guy who was the defensive rookie of the year, and I think you know the coaching staff. I think the Colts have just about everything. And I can't argue. They they need to add talent, but they have the avenues to do it easily. I'm glad you brought up this quarterback thing. I think this has been said so much that now it's overrated. This whole point of like it's the most valuable thing to have a rookie guy on a rookie contract. It, the, the salary cap went up another fourteen million dollars this year. It's up to one ninety one. And so absolutely quarter, right. Your quarterbacks don't take that big of a percentage. And by the way, if salary cap was so hard and so valuable, how come half the league didn't even spend close to the salary cap last year? These quarterbacks. They don't hurt you that bad. If you can't figure out how to build a team around your $30 million quarterback with another 160, it's like that that's on you. They free agency now you're you're finding a hard time finding good enough players to spend all the money on. Throw another team out there. Greg. I I mean the Chiefs to me are the obvious and the and the right answer, not just cuz Mahomes is on his rookie contract, but because he's Patrick freaking Mahomes and he's got some great people around him right now and you got a great coach I believe a great coach in Andy Reid and a stable organization and, and ownership but it, I almost don't need all the rest I just need Mahomes and a coach that's and all you know, I need and you know well, you what? need a defense which is what did you yeah they haven't they haven't had it yet but they've gotten they're knocking on the they door have, they have the hardest parts down they they that they have the coach and they have the quarterback and they have uh, ownership which is steady who else is on, what else is on the checklist <laughs> Go down the checklist for me again. Let's go with the Chiefs. I love this okay. Ownership. Stuff that's good. Ownership. Ownership. Let's give them a plus for sure. Team building, which you can say GM or whatever. Yep. They've done Coaching staff. Yep. Quarterback. Oh, yeah. Check young, plus. Young talent. Yep. Got that. Hill. Uh, debate, debatable. On one side, on one of, side of, the, of the ball. On one side of the ball. But, it, but you also could say they know exactly where they have to put all their efforts into building. It's the defense. Which is much easier said than done, but yep. sure. Um, cap space. Where are they of that? That's a good question. Oh, I think sure. they're... Pretty close to uh, the bottom. Last year, they were they were in trouble with it. 
relative. All right. right now they have 26 million. Rosie's right. That Draft the cap picks. is going to bump up like another 15 million. So it should throw that off. Uh, two things, though. First of all. Wait, are we done right. with the checklist? Oh, I'm sorry. Draft picks would be the last like really important one to me. Wes is correct, by, by the way, as a side note. John Elway's greatness is not owed to the fact that uh, two rings got tacked onto the back end of his career thanks to Terrell Davis. His true greatness <laughs> is revealed in getting those three bum those three bum Broncos teams to Super Bowls that they had no business. Sammy Winder was the feature back. Vance Johnson was the best wide receiver. John Elway carried those teams. That's, a fair That's his greatness. The team that figured out the cap thing first, though, is with uh, that uh, what we have to take advantage of while we have a a good QB on his rookie deal, the Seattle Seahawks. And as we expand the definition of dynasty in the 21st century, which Brady and Belichick have to do because they're the only two consistent uh, people along with uh, Bob Kraft in the Patriots dynasty, how about those Seattle Seahawks? They check many of those items that Wes just well, to come off To there. come back around. Yeah. I'm, you still have Russell Wilson. You still have Bobby Wags. They have a couple of pieces just like the New England Patriots. Well, Steve, still Pete Carroll, still the QB. By that logic, if they win a Super Bowl, aren't, wouldn't we sort of like, they're kind of a dynasty. They won that one. They almost won that second one. And then they won that third. We'd kind of be. Isn't it such a different team, though? I know there's the, the, the guys, that Russell Wilson and the coach is the same, the GM. Playoffs but every year. If they, But if they went on a run, let's say, next year and won the Super Bowl, would you view that as the same team as the third? How's that different team? than what the Patriots have done? Well, that's fair. My biggest fair. question with the Seahawks is starts at the top. They're going to have new ownership. Um, we don't yet know what that's going to be. Correct. And for three or four year now, years now, we've been hearing that Pete Carroll is just about out the door. Well, he just re-signed a, you know, to a new. I believe you were the one contract. telling me last summer yeah. that Pete Carroll was out the door. I know. Well, it didn't happen. Yeah, I've, I I was told two <laughs> years ago this is his last year. Yeah. He loved taking his boat from his house to the facility. It's like <laughs> that was a sign he was no longer serious about football. Jimmy Graham was flying a plane to the facility. <laughs> exactly. Circling back to the Chiefs real quick, and it didn't happen with the Patriots, but in a lot of different sports. Um, I mean, by the way, they would have won that Super Bowl. They would have beat the Rams. Sorry, Chiefs fans, to even, but I think they know that. They, if they had won that coin toss and moved down the field on the Patriots' oh defense, we'd be it. talking about the Super Bowl champion. Um, but to that point, a lot of teams, uh, you know, we could Jordan's Bulls, and but you could like uh, the Yankees dynasty in the 90s. There's usually a heartbreaking, devastating loss when the team is just there. And if the, something goes their way, they would have won it that year too, but they don't. And I, that's kind of how I see that Chiefs-Patriots game for this Chiefs team. I would be shocked if they are not – a team that is flying next year, and they're my Super Bowl favorite right now. Hmm. Let me throw out I'd agree with three that. young teams and see which one you guys like best. I'm going to write one down right here. Okay. The Chicago Bears meet a lot of the qualifications on the Chiefs. I don't love Trubisky, but otherwise That's, awesome. I've got, I've got like a caveat for each of these teams, and Trubisky is – you have to be a Trubisky believer in order to think it's the Rams – or the Bears. How about the Rams? Right. No. Because you don't trust the quarterback? Because I don't know after a week or plus away from that Super Bowl exactly what went down with Todd Gurley. I was pot. 
I, but before that, I don't know what was going on I'm with, with McVay and Gurley. I was sure that they were masking, that they were gaming up the the injury report and Gurley was hurt. But now the further away I get from it, it seems like there was some issue there. Yeah, we prefer the fat guy who wasn't on a roster two weeks ago to the to the biggest home run hitter in pro football. What? What's go- Wait, what's going on with Gurley? Plus, they spent on luxury items, like I said, around Jared Goff's rookie deal to get Sue and Tlaib and so on and so forth, they're not going to have that same we, luxury going But they forward. do have tons of cap space, and they, they have as many good players locked in long-term as anyone, which is why I think they're a good choice. The Rams and the Eagles would probably be the next two for me because they're front offices. Browns is my third one, mm. and my caveat for those for them is ownership and an untested head coach, but they have just about everything else. I could have a winning season first, too, before we start talking dynasty. If we're talking dynasty... ahead of the curve here, not wait until everyone else knows yeah. it. With all the teams There's we just ran off, there. everybody would have to get – no, none of those teams that we have talked about has even won in the 21st century, has won Super Bowl. Seattle, uh, uh, the exception to that. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes. What if Carson Wentz? That is – 11 is the most uh, – Antonio Brown, Levy, and Bell, whatever else. The most fascinating offseason storyline is what happens with the frame of mind of number 11 there as Nick Foles moves on and the city says, but you let our hero go. <laughs> I think that's right, because I think if I was making a checklist, the the three biggest things are quarterback one, you know, and then maybe two is a front office nimble and flexible enough to adapt to whatever the changes in the league are with salary cap space, with with position trends, and then making that work with your coach, which is number three. And I think the Eagles and the Rams are really strong uh, in the front office and, and working with their coach and everything, and that's why they I think they'll have success. I love the that. Eagles as a pick. I was going to throw them out there, and Wentz is the reason why for me because, I mean, you could not have more motivation as a quarterback uh, coming off what was really a frustrating lost year and foals and people doubting you. And remember how good he was before he got hurt. I could see him being coming out like a house on fire. And I'm rooting for him because I think it was a really – tough situation he's been in since he got hurt. I think that Wentz is a guy to watch as an MVP candidate again next year. So I guess I'm the only one who had the Eagles as a candidate for the dirt nap section. Of Ooh, Ooh. Well, let's, let's transition to that. Go ahead, Wes. By the way, I like you throwing in Baker because that's the one quarterback I believe in the most So he, right. as a young guy, and so he has a chance I guess for the it. only reason I throw it out there is as a fan of a team that is a perennial dirt nap team uh, like the Browns are – I know everything can change in an instant, but it's going to be really hard for the Browns to take the next step uh, and become a title contender. 2019 champs, bad AFC things, North. Congrats bad in advance. Happened to the the pain rankings teams, and I, I'm I, my fear is that the other shoe is going to drop. So the idea of them going to a dynasty level. I'm just going to pump the brakes on everything well, right yeah, I mean, now. Whole, yeah, you're right. And just see how you how does how does Baker Mayfield handle handle wealth, fame, and success? You know how does how do, do we really? Are we all? Are, we're yes. all in about well, the quarterback. Well, this is an exceptionally high bar, as you said. You do we trust the Haslam's? I mean, do we trust the Haslam's? I uh, no. There's too much to me right now to bring them up in this conversation. As much as it'd be fun if they hit the ground running in 2019. All right. So, so you think the Eagles? No, they weren't my choice. But there are only. I only have three teams that are even candidates for dirt nap. If you if you say they've been really successful and there's a good chance. They will be unsuccessful in 2019, 2020. Steelers, one of them, right? Steelers and yes. pa- Steelers, Patriots and Eagles were the three I came up with. Mm. But the Eagles, look how many people in that <laughs> roster are not only over 30, but in their mid-30s or certainly could be towing the cliff. I mean, you're talking about Jason Peters. 
Darren Sproles, Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, Michael Bennett, Travis Kelsey, uh, Haloti Nada, all over 30 years old. I could just see this roster getting old really quickly. And they that's not to say they don't have young guys who can come up and take on bigger roles, but I could see like – And they've got a little more cap issues than almost right. any other team. And I do – like they are – they're smart, like you said. They have a very smart leadership. They They are well coached. They've got a good franchise quarterback. So they're in great shape, but you could also see them stumbling. Right. They've got – to me, they have Wentz and they have Fletcher Cox – and you're right. The line is a big concern. And they have Lane Johnson. It's like, how many people really stick around for more than five well, or Jason, six years on a team? There's three that I like. But, you know, I, I do think that, yes, I think the Jason Peters factor is a massive one, that, that that you can't sleep on that. I don't evaluate offensive linemen, but I've spoken with enough who will convince you he's the best left tackle of the generation. Um, Fletcher Cox is the guy everybody sleeps on. Aaron Donald is the best interior defensive lineman in pro football, but Fletcher Cox is a fairly close 1A to that. Um, I like the e- – I, I, I don't see the Eagles. And if I'm looking in the short term, obviously free agency in the draft can change these things who's uh, you know who's the divisional competition the Rams look out for the Seahawks look out for the Niners I I, I think that they're going to overwhelm the Rams in 2019 20, 20, and uh, <laughs> the 49ers are going to overwhelm we're, the Rams yeah we're just I don't mean I mean that they're not going to run it I, I mean they're not going to run the 13 and three is what I mean I, I'm relatively speaking oh. I don't think they're going to go seven and nine next year I'm just saying that they're that those teams are going to catch up a little by the way the um, looking at over the cap and their cap space the Eagles far and away are in the worst cap position right now uh, according to them there's 16 million in the red so they got to do some work just to get under the cap Falls uh, is 20 of that for right now well right. there you go that will help obviously a lot and then the Chiefs who we brought up earlier they're kind of right in the middle of the pack uh, actually so they're not in too bad shape here's a regression team for you the Cowboys if they if they don't keep Tank Lawrence, who was quietly He's not uh, in anywhere. the top five or six defensive players in the NFL uh, this past season, you don't think he's going anywhere? No, no team lets a talent like that get away, much less the Cowboys who They'll always tag. overpay right. their. Let me ask you this, Shaq. Let's let's just get to it. Uh, we have something here called the P scale. All right, <laughs> one uh, is your pants, your underpants, mm-hmm. uh, where your privates are completely dry. There's no worry. You're not concerned about anything. Number ten. The pee. It's everywhere. You got to get a diaper on. You got to change your clothes. You put the adult diaper on because you're peeing so much because you're worried. Where are you on the pee scale about the future and present of the Pittsburgh Steelers? One to ten. I can tell you honestly that my only concern. One to ten? My pee level scale is about a four. Okay. The only thing I don't love is Mike Tom uh, Mike Tomlin for the, all the platitudes and, and, you know, it's all based around testosterone. Yes, he owns that defense. That is the thing that I think is underreported nationally and even perhaps on the banks of the Three Rivers. People want to hang it on poor Keith Butler. Oh, his defense, they got to fire that guy. It's Mike Tomlin's defense. Who do you think is who do you think's calling the show there? Um, that's my concern, although Talk about a nice, uh, sneaky little hire, Terrell Austin. Talk about a guy who was a – hey, he was – he was a – talk about a guy who was a, supposed to be an NFL head coach. Lower two, to two. Two years ago. Didn't the Bengals I'm get rid of him in the middle of the season? I'm just I'm just telling okay, you that yeah. now they've at least brought someone else in there to help out he did, no, with he, the defense. No, he, brother Cooter. No, you're right. He did. I a, like the offensive line. He did that, a great job taking one of the most consistent defenses in the league and making him the worst. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Listen, one of the, what, let me just say this. The least sexy conversation to have that is a tune out to me and to most football fans is 
You know how you know how teams win or go deep in the playoffs year after year. The one consistent factor Line is play. dominance on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and the Steelers have that. They're they're they even without Mike Munchak, they that's have a fair, great though. offensive line and Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, and Javon Hargrave. Are all these Hargrave guys? and Tewitt are nice and young, are real nice and young, and Cam Hayward was dominant last year. Listen, I, 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 do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, but I think they're I think they're fine. It'll I, be a great move. I think they're you, certainly competitive with still one of the great quarterbacks of the 21st century, if, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, for a little while longer. All if right. you if you want to go next step and win that trench warfare and up the warfare in your conference, why don't you go poach Darte, Dante Scarnecchia up from New England, bring him on as your line coach, and now you're really cooking because that guy is the secret magic sauce. That's the Patriots way, in fact. <laughs> You know, the kind of thing that the Patriots do is they take on guys like Antonio Brown. That That's the kind of thing that – that's that's the thing that people don't talk about with the Patriots. From Josh Gordon to Michael Floyd to so on and so forth. Randy they, Moss. Corey Dillon. They have no problem bringing in guys, and we'll make yeah. him all right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Hey, yeah. Yeah, stick me with, like, one of the best receivers of all time who's known for his maniacal work ethic. Bring it on. <laughs> Do you have uh, I'm not I'm I'm really not overly concerned. I don't think the, the Ravens idea, the Ravens are an eight and eight team. What the about the idea that you obviously Roethlisberger is getting older and now you're gonna enter a season without Bell or potentially Antonio Brown. Extended dirt are nap you, is tough. Are you though. going this is a team that never loses? Do you think you're a Super Bowl seasons. team without Brown or Bell? I don't think the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl this year necessarily. But not but ready I, for a dirt nap either. So. I, I, I want to see what uh, Kevin Colbert can pull off in uh, free agency in the draft. Obviously, that's massive. I mean, to their credit, they have been, even in their down years, they don't stay down for long. And they've been a great organization. They have not been taking any dirt naps for what? And Roethlisberger has never now. had a losing season. He's been in the league for 15 years. How bad are they? Does anybody expect them to turn? They West. weren't really outclassed by anyone. Like no. even in the games they lost, they, they beat blew, the Saints. They blew leads. They blew leads, and their roster is pretty strong mm. even without Antonio Brown. And I told Cam Jordan that at Super Sunday. I said I don't want to hear any more crying from Saints people about how you got gypped by uh. the uh, by the refs. The refs stole a steal victory that would have put them into the postseason and made them the most dangerous team on the AFC. I agree. But it happened in I like thought week they might 11, win the so nobody cares. West, that was week 16. You yeah. by far did the most um, prep and work ahead of this. You had a whole chart uh, breaking down seven different factors. Um, so I want to give you the last word of one team in either direction that you maybe hasn't come up yet. Take us home, Wes. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we should have a second podcast just going through all the the work. Yeah, I didn't even take any show. dirt nap. I didn't even choose a dirt nap team. You're lucky, Jaguars. <laughs> I think the Saints are an interesting one because what we saw happen throughout this throughout the 2018 season was their offense started out gangbusters to use a checkism, and then halfway through the season, you started to realize the mm. defense has so much young talent on it. And the defense outplayed the offense, but the offense still has Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, two of the best players at the positions. Still has, even though the offensive line sort of fell off at the end of the year, a pretty solid offensive line. The question is, your quarterback couldn't throw deep for the final month and a half of the season. How do you feel about the Saints as a dynasty with a 40-year-old quarterback? Turned into an eight and a half, didn't nine? Uh, down the stretch there. He did not look Dirt good. Up. People don't like to say it. One on the rise in that same division. Why not the Buccaneers? Maybe, <laughs> so, maybe famous James. Too early in the offseason for all that. 
And like, you don't know what's going to be. You don't a know Buccaneers if they're going to go dynasty? get Levy and Bell. I know. I'm just not ready. Oh, to... just rising up a little bit. Being better. To, I'm not ready to turn the page yet. I want to just soak I think in. their roster is more talented than people believe, yet their quarterback is not fixable like most people believe. Oh, we don't know about – well, I don't know about that. We, we will see. This is Bruce Arians can't do anything with it. No, I just like so many people are invested in a mediocre quarterback who turns the ball over so much, oh. and he's not even a good character guy. So I, I just – I refuse to get we've invested got, in Jameis Winston. We've got five months to have this conversation. It's like what, what does Jameis Winston have every, over everyone that they're so invested in him being a good quarterback? He's been a bad person and a bad quarterback, so I don't care. And that, Fair. And that wraps up our dynasty talk. Um, Dave. Wes is just deflecting from Mariota. It's all just. Mariota has not accosted anyone just in so an Uber know, vehicle Shaq. or yelled stuff on a cafeteria table at Florida State. Matter or of fact. Been accused of heinous crimes. Matter of fact, two thirds of his teammates say that he's never even spoken to them. <laughs> he's very quiet. <laughs> he's very shy. What, uh, That's Shaq, just what you want in your QB. Very early in the um, uh, past the draft process in 2015, there was a line drawn in the sand. Greg got on the side of the Tampa Bay quarterback. West got on the side of the Nashville quarterback. And ever since Everyone's then, lost. it's been very awkward. Yeah. Every, Every time either quarterback No winners here. Up. Right, no winners. Everyone's <laughs> lost, including the listeners. Oh, it's been <laughs> full of sound and fury. I've enjoyed it. Signifying nothing. No one has won, for it's sure. It's been wasted airtime for a long time. Dave Damashek, you've come in here and you've done it again. Dave's of thunder. Also part of the Adam Carolla universe, of course, with good sports. And the Dave Damashek football program two times a week, even in the offseason. That's right. That's right. I think you've said it all. You still have Handsome Hank still involved, right? He is uh, still a part of the program. It seems like he kind of presents himself as a little bit above it now. He's like, I make it on when I can, but I can't always do it. He's a big hitter now. He's making all those international games. He's taking the beautiful game abroad, you know? Yeah, he's he's a big hitter. He's a guy. Alama. There's always a, a constant churn above the line, if you want to call it that, on the third floor. You here. guys making hay over in the UK must uh, be aware of it. I've I've heard tell many times over at this point that he walks down the street legitimately. That he walks Stop. down the streets of London and people Stop. say, "Handsome Hank." I I, I've I heard maybe it. at an NFL event. I feel like, but you're right. You're right. I think he is revered. He came to. He came to a dinner that I had with with some guys who work in the UK, Nat Coombs, who has a great podcast there and is on you know BBC and everything. And when his group found out that Henry was going to join us, I was already there. Oh, it was like just ooh. Did Henry see. want that? Did, I feel like Henry. I'm just saying there was excitement. It was like distance. it was like ooh, the hot girl's going to show up. Didn't know. I've never met him. It was um, exciting. Really? Well, Henry is a hot girl in a way. <laughs> well, except he's not a girl. Well, that's true. All right. Anyway, Shaq, thank you. <laughs> thank you, fellas. Muzzle tub again there, uh, Greg. And you're wearing a regular shirt, appreciate uh, Shaq. Which Thanks, I, as a man, this is a very Shaq shirt. It's right off the Shaq line. But I've never seen you as a Wrangler man. Oh, no, listen, uh, Wrangler and the Dave Damashek football program had a beautiful uh, oh, hot right. affair for uh, <laughs> for a while there. Yeah, no, this is this is some of I the like that. That's, that's some of the the bounty you've got. I got pants and everything. I can borrow some. All right. There we go. Ricky, happy birthday. Wake up. Thank Erica. you. 27. Yeah. Sat this one out, the show. But Why? Was it my fault, Rick? I <laughs> No. <laughs> no, you got you got I just didn't want to mess up the flow. It was so good. Oh, so yeah, good. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right. That's Dan Hansa signing off right here. For Dave Damashek, the mailman. 
the old boss, and the 27-year-old Erica Tamposi. Behind the glass. Tom Brady's still good. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.